Hello, I'm Paul Cromford, your friendly neighbourhood fool, and today I'm suggesting that any fool can duck the pressure. I've done so, you've done so, and it's understandable because we've usually been under a powerful lot of it when we do. Excess pressure. To conform, to comply with someone else's wishes, to meet deadlines, to measure up to our own standards. Does bring on all sorts of unappealing symptoms, doesn't it? Constant tension in the shoulders, occasional flutters of panic in the stomach, a tendency to be short-tempered and permanently exasperated, and astounding levels of fatigue. But pressure is like anything on a continuum. While massive amounts are bad for you, a little of it can keep you from getting stale and flabby. Think of it as the difference between an office worker trying to satisfy the unrealistic demands of a corporate overlord and you trying to make sure that your latest cookery experiment doesn't end up in the kitchen swing bin. Still, those memories of what evil, monstrous pressure feels like don't disappear. Neither should they. Once bitten and all that. Mindful of our health, mental and physical, we are rightly wary of taking on more than we think is our fair share of responsibility or workload. That's all well and good. But what if, in our zeal for a stress-free life, we lose track of how much pressure is too much, and how much is optimal? What if, as a result, we start selling ourselves short, to other people, and to ourselves? Let me give you some examples of what I call reluctant talent. Names have been changed to protect the reluctant. Alana Dale was a brilliant songwriter, and I don't use words like brilliant carelessly. I first knew him as he was just escaping from his teens, and frankly, I envied his knack of writing catchy and winsome melodies. He made the thing look effortless, which, believe you me, it isn't. But he didn't want to take this gift beyond open mics and charity gigs and so on. He wanted to pursue a different line of work entirely, and keep his music making as a hobby. Will Scarlett was another chap I met on the freebie circuit, open mics and so-called showcases. He couldn't sing well, couldn't play well, and wrote terribly depressing dirgy songs. However, stand him up and get him just talking about his life, and he was side-splittingly funny. He would have rooms of people swaying about with laughter, and he even took this beautiful ability to an Edinburgh festival, where he also went down a storm. But he didn't want to take his talent any further. He wanted to pursue a different line of work entirely and keep his comic raconteur stuff private. Little John was a conjurer, a master of table magic. No, let's be clear on this. He was the finest conjurer I've ever sat in the shadow of, and there've been a few. You know these people misdirect you. You know there has to be sleight of hand going on. But I would defy anyone to spot it happening where Little John was concerned. He regularly had his audience gasping with genuine awe. But he did it all on a strictly amateur basis, just for friends, and had no higher ambitions. Much the miller's son took photographs, and very, very good ones too. He specialised in performance shots, capturing musicians at work. And here's how good he was. I hate having myself photographed. But I could actually stand to look at myself in the shots he took. Everyone loved his work. But he didn't want to take his talent any further, didn't want to make a career out of his camera, just wanted to do it as a hobby. All of these examples make the same claim, and I've heard it from many other mouths too. They say they wouldn't want to practice their forte as a job, because that would take the magic out of doing it. 
Now, when you hear that, you might nod sagely and agree. It does sound sensible on the face of it, but it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Take that claim to its logical conclusion, and it basically says, I think I should spend most of my life miserable and bored and only set my soul free at the weekend. That is the fate of too many of us, but come on. Get paid for doing the thing that makes you happy, the thing for which you have a kind of genius. What rational person wouldn't want that? I suggest that what's really behind the reluctance is a dread of putting yourself under any kind of pressure. Do your favourite thing as a job, and now you need to be working at your best all the time. To a series of deadlines. That'll sort the adults from the kiddiewinkies right enough. And oh, calamity, what if you're not good enough? Well, boo-hoo, go away and lick your wounds, look for something else to do, and return your special talent to the drawer marked hobby. You'll be no worse off than if you hadn't tried at all. But what if you are good enough? What if you find that the pressure is just another way of saying motivation, and you thrive on it? And what if you never find out one way or the other, because you refuse to try? Any fool can duck the pressure, but any fool can flirt with it too. You never know your luck. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye for now.